Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. All right. We are back with another episode of the Business Ninjas podcast. My name is Max Pittman with Write For Me in the Business Ninjas podcast, where we meet experts who are scaling their businesses. And today, we're talking to Jeremy Julian. He is the CRO at Custom Business Solutions. And uh, uh, sorry, Jeremy, thank you so much for being here today. All good. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Before we jump into to you uh, in your role at Custom Business Solutions, I've had the opportunity to meet with you and get to know you a little bit. But first, let's start off with you telling listeners a little bit about yourself. So I am a married father of four, um, 17 to seven. Um, so four kids, two boys, two girls. Um, and I get the privilege of uh, of leading the sales efforts and marketing efforts and outbound efforts for um, custom business solutions. We are a point of sale reseller that's been around for almost 30 years now. And uh, we sell to the restaurant vertical. And we're also the authors and the originators of the North Star point of sale solution that uh, that we're taking market share from some of the incumbents. Very cool. Very cool. I know that was kind of like a, an elevator pitch, but I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I know I've good. imagined you know, myself pitching ideas on, on the shark tank or, or being a shark myself. Uh, mm -hmm. ideas. So I love it if you can kind of provide me with um, with your elevator pitch, like what problem, you know, does uh, does your solution solve? Um, I mean, I, we talk about something in the, in the way of three unique values and, and you know, point of sale is point of sale and, and understanding the restaurant industry. Um, it's a much more complex animal than most people assume. I was on a call this morning with somebody who uh, is a restaurateur for, for almost 20 years and he would uh, he would joke about it. He's like, you know what? People think that it's super simple, but it's not. And so we we make things simple for restaurateurs. Um, we can customize our solutions to help solve what it is that they're that they're looking to to do as a business. Um, and then lastly, we care. We actually care about the success of those restaurants. We we get deep restaurant understanding about what they're trying to do as a brand because you go out to eat. All of our listeners go out to eat. Each brand represents a different value proposition. Am I going there with, you know, the soccer team and I, I need to have an experience where the kids are going to enjoy it? Do it might go in there for a date night with my wife? Those are very different experiences. And each of them carries with it a brand promise back to your back to the consumers about how they need to interact with technology. You and I talked about it pre-show. Technology for technology's sake means nothing, but technology that can truly help enhance a guest experience, make things faster, better, easier, smarter help the brand make more money. That's what we do is try and understand what they're what they're looking to do and then come alongside of them to implement technology to help with that. I love it. I mean, it's in the name, right? Custom business yep. solutions. I, I, sometimes I wish we would have called the business out of the box business solutions because it would have been easier because everything would have been the same. But uh yeah. but yeah, we've got some real we've got some people that have been with us for 25 years, 30 years that have been around a really long time and we hire lots of industry yeah. veterans that that get it. And I've been in the trenches and understand what, what it takes to run a Friday night with an expo printer that goes down and things like that. For sure. <laughs> and you've been there for 26 years. Like I have. Very I have. long time. How and when, I guess, um, you know, did you start the company? What's the origin story, if you can share that? If you want to know the truth, it's a family business. So I actually started well before 26 years ago because uh, my, my father founded the business in the mid-80s. Um, so... I was born in the late 70s, and so in the mid 80s, I was a I was a young pup, and I've got a picture from me when I was six years old programming an electronic cash register for the first time. But <laughs> so 
summer summer vacations and spring breaks were spent unboxing, you know, cash registers and programming them many many years ago. But I started working full time really when we got into electronic point of sale, and I've worked just about every position within the company. I've worked as a programmer, I've worked as an implementer, I've worked as an installer, I've worked as a field technician, I've worked as a help desk person, I worked in accounting for a while, um, just to try and help with different things. But as it will, you know, when I started, we had nine employees, and we're up to just over a hundred at this point. Um, ebbs and flows, and and just just keep keep growing as as restaurants continue to grow and continue to. Uh, add value into the market. You are a jack of all trades, I will say. <laughs> yeah. Well, after 20 some years, you know, I and and again, it's it's for me, it's more about how much value can we add to the restaurant brands that we're working with to partner at a deep level. I mean, I've got some of, you know, in the restaurant industry, there's 700,000 estimated restaurants in the United States, but it's still a very, very tight knit community. There's people all over the country that know each other and you know, some yeah. really big brands can get a phone call from somebody that's a single unit operator. And if you don't treat them well, uh, I've gotten a call from the president of a billion dollar brand saying, hey, I just went to have lunch at this place. That's my favorite place to eat. We were doing business with and their system's not working the way it's supposed to fix it. Um, and I'm like, how is this the case? But he was at a Jewish deli in, in the San Fernando Valley and it, it happened. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's great. Um I'm curious, like, obviously there's a focus on uh, on your verticals, right? Um, but tell me, I guess, a little about kind of the, the target audience, you know, and how are you guys growing? Like, who do you want your sales team to talk to at those organizations? Is the owner founder, you know, is it, if you know, you're talking to restaurant groups or, you know, or if it's like a, a Chipotle, you know, a fast service food chain, like who is your target audience right now? So we define our target audience as fast growing chains that have more than five units, because typically by the time you've gotten to five units, you've grown up a bit and you have systems and processes and you're able to do that up to 500 units. And so we look to, we look to solve and, and serve those restaurant brands that are, you know, five to 500, but really our sweet spot is kind of that 15 to 50 with growth potential, you know, people that are, that are at that inflection point where they need to really grow into um, a sustainable business. Not that, most restaurants are, aren't sustainable, but a single unit operator, oftentimes it's a job for the owner, or the owner's family that they're working through. You get to two and you can kind of bounce back and forth between them. But once you get beyond five, you can't be in the brand every single day. You're hitting different stores one day a week and you're bouncing around. And so they're looking for systems to be able to help them grow. Yeah. We work with those brands and then beyond, you know, we've got lots of brands that have got 50 stores to 200 stores. They have a bit different business need, but um, but for the most part, we do really, really well in kind of that five to fifty that are that are high growth. Gotcha, that makes sense. And so, and all verticals, I guess, from that perspective, counter service, fast casual, and casual dining, fine dining, all of the above, um, because of our origin history, origin in this industry, we started with everybody, you know, and so kind of our tagline is this North Star Software everywhere food is served, mm -hmm. and so sometimes when we've got a few cruise ships that. You know, have restaurants on the cruise ships. We've got a few grocery stores that have restaurants inside of the grocery stores, but it really is kind of that that target demographic is the restaurants that are helping serve food to people. Well, I've definitely seen North Star POS, I, but definitely like unconsciously, but knowing the name, it's it's definitely been in the back of my mind seeing that somewhere. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. No, there's. Uh, I mean, you know, you're in Southern California, which is where our home office yeah. is, and there's lots of. Uh, Lots of North Star down there, and lots of uh, lots of our people that have uh, that have worked that that market for for a number of years. So definitely. 
So like, why are customers going with your solution? Like what, what did that, why do they choose you over, over the competition? What's the um, at the, at the risk of, uh, of, of going against our core values, cause we're awesome. And one of our core values is humility, but I, I'm obviously saying it in jest, but um, we, th so the market has shifted. Um, there's a lot of point of sale that got created in the nineties that never really got refreshed. Mm -hmm. And so there's lots of point of sale, the three biggest players in the market, um, for casual dining, PosiTouch, Micros, and Aloha. They own very large percentages of the market share. Digital Dining is another one. Expanse another one. They own very large market share. They started in the 90s and they've not really taken, they've, they've refreshed the software a little bit, but they haven't necessarily um, rewritten it from scratch. Micros is the only one that I would say has. And in that, there's a lot of people that over the last, that, that just before COVID hit, were ready to go replace software. And then what happened is COVID hit and obviously it impacted the restaurant vertical pretty significantly. And so they put all of their projects on hold. Now mm -hmm. with people coming out of COVID, they're like, you know what, that project that we were kicking off two or three years ago, we really need to make it happen because the legacy software providers are not able to fulfill the new consumer demands, whether that's text to order, whether that's DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, you know, all of those different third parties, whether that's kiosk, whether that's other ways for you to interact with the brand as I talked about earlier with um, you know, the customer experience, many of those legacy systems don't have eloquent ways to do that. And so it makes it really, really challenging for restaurants to fulfill their brand promise and what their consumers' expectations are with legacy tech. And so they're now coming back and saying, you know what, we need to find something else. And so we're finding a lot of uh, success with people that are saying, you know what, we need to get rid of our old stuff. Yeah. Help us help us get into the 21st century. We now are in a place that we believe that we can get there with uh, with a new technology provider. I love it. I mean, I, I know I've seen a shift in my own habits, uh, when ordering food <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. and that shift, uh, is, is, uh, it's a big, big difference into versus what I was doing before COVID for sure. It's like, now it's, it's a no brainer for me just to go on DoorDash and, you know, find something for a Tuesday night where I don't really feel like cooking when I used to, we used to go out, right. It was, it was yep. a completely different type of experience before, uh, before COVID. So it sounds like that's a really big challenge that, you guys have kind of faced and, and overcome as a business where you guys see yourself as that value provider. I, well, yeah, absolutely. And and the average restaurant, you know, 10 years ago had three to four pieces of technology, three to four technology providers within a brand. Now our average customer has 15 different pieces of tech that they need to talk to. Mm -hmm. So you need to have something that's open that allows you to deal with that, whether that's Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, integrating directly to the point of sale. We've all been into a brand where you see what we call tablet hell, where there's eight different tablets behind the bar and they're dinging and they're ringing. And the, the cashier is like trying to manage this DoorDash order plus you standing at the counter versus just having it streamlined and integrated. You probably have also had an experience where you ordered something from DoorDash and they don't have it because they're, they're, they weren't updating their DoorDash menu. You ordered the salmon special for a Tuesday night. They didn't have it. Now you got this whole thing that they've got to stop what they're doing, go call with our solution and others it can tell them that there's no more salmon on the menu. So it doesn't allow you to go order that. So you don't have a bad guest experience in that regard. So these are some of the things that technology provides the opportunity for, for consumers to do that, that they couldn't do before. I love it. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. There's nothing worse than <laughs> trying to order something and realize that it's, that it's not available. <laughs> yep. 
Exactly. And you get a canceled order, you know, 10 minutes later, like, what the heck, you know? Yeah, exactly. Now I got to go find something else. And and now you're going to think twice about going back to that brand the next time I would assume. hundred percent, a hundred percent. So tell me, I guess a little bit about, you know, the, the business itself, right? It can be kind of in general or maybe even focused, you know, during the COVID years, but how have you guys grown? Um, honestly, it's, it's been mostly or not even mostly it's over 90% organic growth through relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked about it earlier, 700,000 restaurants in the United States, but everybody knows somebody. And if you take care of people and you've been around a long time, they yeah. refer you. I was just on a demo earlier today before we got to recording and it's a guy we competed with for 30 years. Now he's as a consultant and he knew that we took care of people because he competed hard with us. And so 90% of what we get is either existing customer referral or it's vendor partner referral. We talk about 15 pieces of tech in each one of the restaurant brands. They're coming in and saying, you know what? The point of sale we're trying to integrate with doesn't do DoorDash well, doesn't do gift cards well, doesn't do loyalty systems well. Help me find another solution. And so they call us up and say, hey, help us out here. So yeah. that's been primarily what we've been doing is, is is it's been through referral, which is the best way to grow, in my opinion. Yeah. Means there's a lot of trust and, and partnerships, which is really what people are looking for. Because I know they don't want to do this every year, right? They don't want to have to like switch this out every yep. single year. That's that's it sounds like a uh like being in a some form of hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and most um, I mean, restaurant point of sale is essentially the ERP for the restaurant. And anybody that's gone through an ERP implementation at their own business, it's it's painful. Yeah. Any yeah. of your restaurant listeners that have been out there that have changed point of sale, it's not easy. There's a lot of change that needs to happen, but mm-hmm. this typical buying cycle in point of sale is seven to 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you, you buy something and you keep it for seven to 10 years and then you replace it. Yeah. So for the most part, people are trying to make the right decision from people they know, like, and trust. And, and, you know, Makes we're sense. one of those providers that they know, like, and trust. Makes sense. Let's pivot just a second. Like, I'm, I'm curious from your, your perspective, you've been there for a very long time. Um, and a lot of what you guys have done, it sounds like from a growth perspective has been kind of relationship driven. Um, but right for, right for me, we, we're, you know, we're a marketing organization. We focus on content. Um, but how has marketing played a role in, in helping your business stand out? Like is, I know it sounds like it's been a lot of organic growth, but you know, I'm just kind of curious on what you guys have done on the marketing front as well. Well, um, I mean, one of the other pieces that that I I personally did with a with a few other colleagues around on our marketing side is as I I created a a thought leadership podcast mm-hmm. um, called the Restaurant Technology Guys. Genuinely, it's a blog and podcast that drives traffic back to our website. Mm-hmm. It's creating thought leadership in the industry to tell people about what it is that we do. Um, so that's that's one area. The next area is some um, trade shows. We go to, you know, we still people, oh, trade shows are dead. But at the end of the day, people want to see the person that they're that they're doing business with. They want to look them in the eye. They want to shake their hand. And we get a lot of those through trade shows. So I would say the other form of of good advertising and marketing has been that. I, I and some of the others on our team also speak. You know, we go to industry conferences and we speak back to that thought leadership perspective. And so typically I'll have two to three speaking engagements a year. Our CTO will have a couple of speaking engagements a year. And that just creates brand equity that they say, these guys actually understand what the heck they're doing. And when they do, then they call when they need something. I love it. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about where you're going to be here in the future. um, So people can find you, but before we get there, you know, what about, you know, this year, you know, tell me, I guess, a little about the plans for this upcoming year. You know, are there, you know, are you guys scaling, scaling your teams? You know, uh, what's something that you want to be celebrating a year from now? Um, 
there's been two big things. One, that legacy point of sale software that we talked about that we used to sell um, declared essentially end of life and end of support going into um, 2023. And so our goal is to take 100% of those customers and talk to them about our solution and figure out a path to get them to move over to the new solution. Yeah. So if I can get that done, um, it'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. As of now, our target is to grow 100% year over year on the North Star side, 100% unit count and actually about 150% revenue count. So from that perspective, it's it it's fantastic. Um, those are, I mean, that's that's really the the number one biggest thing that we need to get done. And then there's a couple other things operationally that we're working on. My next meeting, as soon as I finish with you, is to talk about our business processes and make them tighter so that we can scale even faster. Because uh, we have fallen at times under the weight of our own growth because our business processes weren't followed um, internal to the business, and it made it uh, it made it challenging to scale. So cool. those are my two those are our two goals for the company. Not a whole lot more. Lofty. I mean, sounds like it's a big year ahead. Big task to get people into this outside of the legacy software into the new software. Absolutely. And it's a lot of change. It's a lot of change management, but um, yeah. but we've got the team to do it, and and we're we're already ahead of target. You know, I know we're we're recording this in in February. Um, I don't know when it'll go live, but we're we're at a place where I just did our you know first month recap with the team and we're already 30% ahead of target with some of those conversions in the conversation so that part's been good one so other I, thing i would say to you um that we've also done from a marketing perspective that i would i would i would say would be good for for listeners out there is we've stayed in touch like we created a a, a evergreen um evergreen marketing campaign that we send out to people so we've got 18 months worth of content that's evergreen to stay in front of our prospects and our customers. Um, it took a lot of time and effort and we work with them. We worked with some writers to to help with that. Probably need to refresh that later this year. But um, but in general, we're we're there in and top of mind when the buyers are ready to buy. And so helping make sure that we're staying in front of them with a with a drip marketing campaign that's been super helpful for us and for our customers. Gotcha. So that's that's helpful to understand like how you guys are, are educating either your prospective customers and also current customers as well. Sounds like it's a re-engagement, um, continuous engagement. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. and again, I think I think in a business business um, environment, which is what we're in, people buy when they want to buy. Yeah. They don't buy when you want to sell. They buy when you yeah. want to when they want to buy. And yeah. you just got to make sure that you're in top of mind when they, you know, seven to ten year buying cycles. You got to be there and be ready when they're ready to buy, um, yeah. not when you're ready to sell. 100%. And everyone's doing their own research. I saw some data on LinkedIn. It was like 80% of the research is done uh, on a solution or service before they ever reach out, pick up the phone and make a call, have to talk to someone on the sales team. Everyone's doing all this. Everyone, everyone can do all their own online research these days. It's changed a lot over the last 10, 20 years for sure. Well, and in general, a lot of times they know more about your solution than than even you do <laughs> at the entry-level sales guy before they call you. I mean, yeah. no different than if you were to go buy a new car tomorrow. You're yeah. going to have researched it for weeks on end and you're going to have, you know, read hundreds of pages before you walk into the dealership, before you go to buy that car or that truck. Been there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just test drive and make sure it runs. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't need you to tell me how much gas mileage it gets. I don't need you to tell me what the engine is. I don't need you to tell me what the extended warranty is. Get out of here. Let me yeah. test drive it, make sure that I want to take it off the lot and then, 100%. you know, go away. Well, as we wrap things up here, is there anything else you'd like to share? Anything that you think the listeners need to know about you or the company that we haven't covered? Uh, I guess there's there's two things. One, thank you for having me on the show. Um, and I would say that that in general, make sure that you continue to provide value because people will, you know, 
we're all competing for you know the same 168 hours in a week. There's you know only 24 hours in a day. If you continue to provide value to people, which is yeah. what has helped us grow, it will garner you an audience, which will allow you the right to talk to them about what it is that you might want to sell them. If all you're doing is selling, people will sniff it out right away. And so I tell my team all the time, deliver value, deliver value, deliver value. You know, And I have the saying, value, value, sell, value, value, sell. Keep delivering yeah. value, keep delivering value, then ask for the sale. Yeah, that's so. something I, I can get behind for sure, right? It's all about relationships, building that partnership, being someone that they can trust. Um, cause you know, regardless of where you are, where you end up, if that's, you know, if there's something else out there that you're a part of, you want to be able to hit those people up and be like, Hey, I'm doing this now. Let's, let's talk, right. Let's have a conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had, I was actually just at a conference last week. I'm sorry to cut you off Max, but, and it was this guy giving a presentation and he was talking about the new sales and back to them doing research and, and, you know, the age old sales question used to be, you know, what keeps you up at night? What is it that, that. And the the prospect said, if you don't know what keeps me up at night, you should get up and leave because you should be walking in and helping me figure out how to sleep better at night because you know my business as well as I do, if not better. Right. And that goes back to the value proposition that we should all be doing. Yes. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love it. So where can people find you? You know, let's talk, just tell people about your podcast and where you're going to be with some of these trade shows this year. Perfect. So um, custombusinesssolutions.com is the is the main website for the business. Um, I'm on I'm super active on LinkedIn, somewhat active on on Twitter, but uh, but lots of LinkedIn. So Jeremy Julian, you can find me on on LinkedIn. Um, Restaurant Technology Guys, Rest Tech Guys on Twitter um, at Rest Tech Guys, and then RestaurantTechnologyGuys.com is my blog and podcast. Um, you can find that on all your favorite podcast players, Spotify, you know, iTunes, the whole nine yards. Um, as far as trade shows, we'll be at the National Grocery Association show in February. We'll be at the Multi-Unit Restaurant Technology Show in March. We'll be at the Restaurant Leadership Conference in April. We'll be at the National Restaurant Association show in May. So for the next four months, I'll be on the road at some point for a couple of days. And then uh, I've got a 90-day reprieve where my when my son's playing uh, playing summer summer baseball, and then I'll be back on the on the uh, trade show floor uh, come August at uh, at the uh, um, Food Service Technology Show. Love it. Busy guy. Busy guy. Um, uh, do you guys going to have booths at any of those where people can We have booths at all of them. We okay. have booths at all of them. We'll be hosting dinners. We'll be hosting get together. So if any of our audience wants to uh, connect with me and, and come see what we've got, love to talk with you. Love to see if we can add value or point you towards somebody that might be able to help, help solve a business challenge. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being here, Jeremy. I, I definitely enjoyed this conversation and, uh, I feel like I've learned a lot about you and, uh, you, know, you guys are doing at Custom Business Solutions, and we really appreciate you being here on a part of the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Max. I appreciate yeah. it. Perfect. We'll see you soon. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.